1: Oh, sit here. Thank you.
0: Hey, I saw that. You gave up your seat for the woman with the oxygen tank. Always showing your good side. Know how else you could help her? Donate at Griffles Plasma, because she also relies on plasma based medicines. By donating at Griffles Plasma, you make it possible for patients to get where they're going in life, and that feels really good. Next stop, Become a plasma. Griffles Plasma donor, and you can receive up to $800 this month. Find a center at grifflesplasma.com.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode. This is week two recap of the college football season. This is a college football coast to coast show uh, with me, Jacob, and my co-host Tyler. We're going, going to on, guys. We're going to uh, kind of dive into last week's matchups. Hey we're going to uh, kind of give you a rundown of our. our own uh, picks that we had last week and, and the results of those. Uh, we'll get into that and we'll kind of pick our two teams that kind of made some moves throughout the, the AP Top 25 and uh, next week's matchups. So uh, we'll get into the first one, kind of a big one to start it off. Uh I'll let you take it, yeah. Tyler.
1: Yeah, this was definitely a big one and probably a shocker to a lot of college football fans around the world. I know... You and I pick uh, the Buckeyes to win this one. I picked them pretty convincingly. We'll get into our picks uh, from week two in a couple of minutes. But Oregon uh, went on the road to a hostile environment at the Horseshoe and ended up winning this game 35 to 28. I'll give you some of the stats right here. Uh, C.J. Verdell was probably the MVP for the Ducks. He had 20 carries, 161 yards on the ground and two touchdowns and also Verdell, uh, through receiving yards, he had 34 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, This was a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people saw this coming. This is two highly explosive offenses. Oregon put up uh, over 30 points in their Week 1 victory against Fresno State. They won 31-24. Ohio State put up 45 points uh, in their Week 1 victory against Minnesota. I just thought that on Ohio State's end, uh, there would be a little bit more offense on this one. C.J. Stroud had a good game, uh, threw over 400 yards passing. The defense just wasn't able to stop uh, Mario Cristobal's offense uh, in that passing attack. It was just a really uh, balanced attack from the Ducks. A really impressive win on the road. You know, go to top five team and beat them. Uh, So, yeah, really impressive win for the Ducks.
2: Yeah, definitely an impressive win for them. Uh, something that will look very strong on their resume as we get later into the season. Uh, you know, one thing that really sticks out to me is the discipline play that, you know, came from Oregon's offense and especially Anthony Brown uh, leading at quarterback. He went 17 for 35 on the day uh, for 236 yards. Uh, pretty good day, uh, especially playing in Columbus. Uh, I mean, that's that's what you want to see out of a, a senior quarterback, especially from a well-known offensive, explosive team like like Oregon, like you said. Um, one thing that I really was disappointed in was in the lack of defense from the Ohio State yeah. secondary uh, and even the defensive line. I mean, that's right. one of the weakest Ohio State defensive lines I've I've ever seen, um, and I, I follow Big Ten football pretty closely. So, I, and and that was very very bad. Um, and I think that uh, Ryan Day and, and that Ohio State defense need to go back to the drawing board because uh, it doesn't get any easier from here. So uh, yeah. they have a lot to work on coming up soon. Um, so that that's kind of my input on the game. It's it, you're not going to stop Oregon from scoring. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, it was just it was just a matter of time before before uh, they ran away with that one. So moving on to the next game on our schedule. Uh, I gotta remember what the next game on is on her. Iowa and one. Iowa State. Oh, Iowa the the interstate matchup. The uh, is Nine verse ten. So uh yeah, this is always a big matchup. I I think uh you know, everybody thought that Iowa State might have a bit of an edge at home. I certainly thought they did, especially off of last show. Um but I'll get into my personal picks later. Um <laughs> Kind of a close game down to the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Iowa State ended up pulling Brock Purdy uh, later in that game in the fourth quarter, putting in a young freshman quarterback uh, to finish it out. Kind of bounce back and forth, um, but turnovers is the story of the game I think for Iowa State in this one. Uh, really sloppy play, and and that's definitely something I don't want to see uh, out of a top ten team. Uh, and I know it's all based off of last year and everything, but uh, it's hard to play offense, especially against a, a top-ten defense in the country like Iowa, um, definitely have what they what they need to, to go far in the Big Ten um, this season. And, and with an Ohio State loss like uh, we just saw, it, it definitely looks good uh, in their eyes, I think, going down the stretch uh, as we move later in the season.
1: Yeah, I definitely thought that this was going to be a defensive battle, you know, a grinded-out game. You know, Iowa, Iowa State is always uh, known for a very defensive battle, and Iowa State, just too many uh, costly turnovers. Brock Purdy, you know, had three interceptions on the day. I mean, if you do that, it's just going to be a, a loss every time. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're going against, like, FCS or FBS opponent. to throw three picks nine times out of ten, you're going to lose the game, and that's exactly what happened. You know, off of those turnovers, Iowa was able – to score a point. So it was able to, you know, expand that lead. Uh, uh, Iowa state, you know, the crowd showed up for college game day. Uh, they really had a home field atmosphere, but whenever Iowa, you know, got the momentum from those turnovers, that offense was able to score at will, but, uh, pretty much uh, all game. It wasn't really close. Uh, it felt like Iowa really controlled this game from start to finish. I think, uh, uh, Iowa State only had a 3 nothing lead, but after that, Iowa was, was able to, you know, carry that momentum all the way. So definitely a big win for Iowa, especially uh, in a loaded Big Ten, it seems like, you know, with Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin. So definitely a big win for Iowa, but I don't think this is the end of the road here for Iowa State. Uh, I, only, I do think that the schedule sets up really nicely for them. They definitely have all the talent to make a run and end up in the Big 12 championship again like they did last year's. But in the end, this was a, a, a huge win for Iowa. All right, so we will get into the next game of the weekend, which was App State going on the road to face Miami. Uh, this was a, a very, very close game, 25-23. to 23. I know in your prediction you had it uh, being close, but you picked App State, the Mountaineers, to take it. Uh, but Miami prevailed in this one. Uh, DeAr King and the offense uh, did just enough. Uh, this was another defensive battle. You know, 25-23, you, you really thought that Miami, uh, after week uh, one loss against Alabama, just getting throttled against the Crimson Tide, that their offense was going to be able to step it up. But that was not the case. App State's defense was definitely the dif- difference maker in this one. Chase Bryce uh, had a good game, but in the end, Miami was able to pull out a squeaker against the Mountaineers.
2: Yeah, I I, I think this game definitely comes down to just the finish. I mean, it it really was who was going to hang on at the end. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, in my favor, it, it, it didn't. didn't go in my favor. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to see Miami get a win, a, a positive win. I um, know it was a close game, but it, it, App State's a good team. And and I said this previously. You know, App State is a very good team, and they do they don't play like a Sunbelt belt school. I mean, they they play like an ACC school, and they're in there uh, a good offensive team with a strong defense. Um, and that's something that, that I think they'll grow and expand upon. Um, but it's a good bounce back win for for Miami, especially you know that rough game against Alabama, like you said. Um, I think the story of this game doesn't even involve the field i think is something even bigger than the field i think the cat falling from oh my the, gosh the third the moment. third tier is is kind of the story i don't think anybody really knew yeah. anything about the game because everybody's focused on the cat being saved by the yeah. american flag
1: uh, yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny also, if it wasn't for nine eleven, that american flag probably wouldn't have been there I know. and then, who knows what happened with that cat so that yeah credit cat. to miami fans for that rescue that-
2: That cat would have either landed on somebody's head in somebody's food or on the ground. Um, Yeah. That would have been good. And I know everybody was probably thinking to themselves, how in the world did a cat get up there? (laughs) I Um, don't know. I don't don't know know either. And most cats would run from something like that. And I don't know if that's what it was. And the cat just decided to run and didn't realize Most
1: cats wouldn't do that and just like hang off the side of, you know, like a a balcony or something. It's that was really, really strange. Weird. It was really, really strange. strange
2: I think that was the only thing I really took away from that entire game, to be honest with you.
1: That's probably uh, what all eyes were on the cat, not really on this game. Cause this game was pretty sloppy.
2: <laughs> yes. From start to finish. Um, we're going to move on to the next game. It's going to be number five, Texas A&M went on the road to face Colorado in, uh, I would say Colorado's favor and in, in the destination for this one. Um as they did play at Mile High, home of the Denver Broncos. Um, so wasn't in Boulder like uh it was originally planned. Um for what reason I do not know. Um I don't know if it was just a big opponent and they decided to play it in a bigger venue. Yeah, that's probably um up. if I'm really gonna put two and two together. Um <laughs> this was not what I expected definitely not what i both of us I don't, I don't think either of us really expected this to yeah. happen um i can't remember the last time a team has held texas a&m to 10 points and it not be an another sec school or an ACC school so i am i'm shocked uh, that colorado only held them to 10 points and had a chance to win it late in the game i mean that it, it was a it was a very close game i mean all the way down to the very end it, it yeah. <laughs> i mean it, i really have nothing else to say but yeah there's both teams there's... played both teams played a fantastic game i mean yeah i and i've said it in the last episode and i'll say it again i love low scoring football games because i can't i can't say anything negative i mean there's nothing negative to say about this game
1: yeah there's really nothing really to say about this game uh other than the main storyline haynes king uh uh texas a&m starter for the aggies uh you know it was out the whole game for injury will be out uh for at least five weeks so we'll see uh how texas a&m you know will deal uh with this uh going forward uh because the backup quarterback didn't really look too good uh, against colorado only had a touchdown the lone touchdown pass uh Isaiah Spiller to pretty much seal the deal against Colorado. I mean, both of these offenses didn't really have a pulse the whole entire game. Defenses was the main storyline. But, yeah, not really much to take away from this uh, other than uh, Texas A&M definitely needs some work on the offensive side. All right, so that is going to be the second-to-last game of the weekend that we're going to recap in Week 2. I think the biggest one outside of Ohio State, and Oregon, just on a, a shock factor, was this game between number 15, Texas, and Arkansas. Arkansas ended up really cruising in this one, 40-21. The offense was the storyline for the Arkansas Razorbacks. K.J. Jefferson, I think, really had a bounce-back game You know, from that week one uh, struggle fest against Rice. Uh, Arkansas scored 31 points uh, in the week one victory against Rice, but the, the Arkansas offense uh, struggled. At first, uh, but the defense of Arkansas uh, really stepped it up. I'm looking at uh, Texas's quarterback uh, stats right here. Hudson Card only had 61 yards passing, so Arkansas really limited the Texas passing uh, attack, but Texas was able to score uh, through the rushing game. But uh, yeah, you got to give all the credit for Arkansas. You know, this is a big win going forward for their program. It's definitely going to boost uh maybe their fan attendance uh the rest of the way and uh next week they have texas a&m uh coming up i think in two weeks in that big showdown so that might be a ranked versus ranked matchup but yeah all i can say is uh arkansas definitely welcomed texas to the sec
2: yeah definitely um and and kind of put texas in their place from the very get-go uh you know going two scoreless quarters you know texas uh, Opening the game, um, you know, in in the story of it, I mean, you said you went back and said that, you know, Carter only had 61 yards. Uh, Keep in mind, that was only 15 attempts. He was eight for 15 on the day. I mean, so they relied heavily on the running back game and the running game uh, and really didn't challenge the the, the Arkansas secondary at all. And And I think that's why they just outlasted him and just just was able to just manhandle him. And and that's kind of my takeaway, and, and it's a good win for for Arkansas, and it's it's a growing town of Fayetteville, um, and a very good win for them, and and I look forward to them growing in the SEC. I know that they're always people always view them in the bottom tier of the SEC, but now as a ranked team, um, I think they're looking for a little bit of respect, um, and I think they do deserve they do deserve a little bit of respect, especially after this win. Um, Texas was a good team, and they, they didn't show it, uh, but but Arkansas definitely is, is a growing team, and I'm happy to see them in, in, in the top 20. Absolutely. So moving on, after our games, this is kind of our results, and I'm kind of mortified at, at this. <laughs> um, a lot of red. A lot of red, for me, at least. Uh, more green for you than, than red. Yeah. Uh, but this just goes to show that everything's a prediction everything. Yeah. Everything's a prediction. Um, the, the odds of you being right all the time are slim to none. I mean, none of, none of our personal numbers on here were right. Um, you know, I don't think I got one number right on here and I don't think you did. The
1: green is just for the team, not for the score.
2: Yeah. 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 The scores are not correct. Um, but I really am shocked, uh, you know, by by the Iowa Iowa State game. Most of all, um, just a back and forth brutal game. I mean, it was like watching old football, like old football, like something I would see like in Green Bay in the winter time. That's what it was like. <laughs> Like nobody could catch the ball. Everybody had the case of the dropsies out there. So, um, but no, I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this, but yeah, I, it's all, everything's a prediction.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's only like so much we can get right. Like the score, like predicting a score, like any, you know, you can go for like from soccer and, you know, even down all the way to like curling or something. Like it's hard to predict anything, but yeah, I guess, uh, I'll take my three and two uh, week two uh, pickems, but I felt <laughs> like this week uh, I felt like I was going to go like five and then I was really shocked with what Ohio State, just Texas performance. But I was all the scores I was really off on. I was really off on Texas A and M. You know, thirty eight to thirteen that wasn't even close. It was only ten to seven. So yeah, I mean, you can like ha- say on the couch like, oh, it's easy picking these games and making predictions. It's really not.
2: Mm -mm. no no not at all um and then uh now we're gonna get into our big movers of the week we both selected one team from the ap top 25 that we think is growing and is upcoming in the ap top 25 to watch out for possibly dark horses or teams you know uh, that are good enough to move up into the top 10 um we both All right, guys, we're back. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> not sure what has happened. <laughs> Say what? Jacob has left the chat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, technical audio difficulties. Um, it happens. So, uh, I guess where I where I left off was, I think a VT football team is is a tough team to uh, look out for. Um, as they move up the rankings i don't see them getting inside the top 10 but i think they're a good enough team to stay
1: kind of where they are and my big mover of the week was none other than the arkansas razorbacks last week they're not ranked this week they were number 20 Uh, i was just really impressed uh, with how arkansas uh, really played in that texas game like we said uh, earlier you know they have uh, Texas A&M in two weeks. That's going to be another big game. And if they can win that one, you know, win, you know, get a top five victory against an opponent, you know, just build upon that victory. I really think uh, they could maybe even contend uh, in the SEC West. I don't know. Uh, I haven't really seen much of Alabama. We'll see uh, uh, what they do against Florida this week. But, yeah, I definitely think that, that Arkansas can hang around in the AP Top 25 poll. They can continue to play like they did, especially – if they play the way they did against Texas. All right, so we will move in now from week two to week three with a look ahead at week three, and uh, we're going to look at uh, the top five games of the week. So we will advance to Nebraska at number three, Oklahoma. And uh, I definitely think uh, this is, uh, you know, we saw these two opponents whenever they were playing in the Big 12 and I don't think it's going to be as close as it was uh, whenever they both these teams were playing in the Big 12. You know, Nebraska and Oklahoma, those games were always close going down to the wire. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be uh, the same case. Uh, Nebraska, you know, really hasn't shown me much, even though they're two and one. They lost uh, their first game of the season to the final line of Illinois. But I just think that Spencer Rattler and that offense is going to be too much for Nebraska. So I'm going to take the Sooners in this one. I'm going to take them big. I think uh, that offense is going to score in abundance. I think Oklahoma is going to win this one, 45 to 17.
2: Yeah, um, I, I kind of expect the same outcome. Um, if the same Oklahoma team shows up as the two lane game, um, this game could be a lot closer. Um, it could be a touchdown game. I think if, if that Oklahoma team shows up, it all comes down to which one is on the field. It (laughs) matter which one comes out of the locker room before this game. Um, you know, Spencer Rattler's going to do what he does. Um, it's really going to be up to the Nebraska defense to stop them. Um, Nebraska, it's a coin toss with them. So I, I, this game could be close. Um, It all comes down to the destiny of what Oklahoma can do and what they want at the end of the day. Uh, Moving on to our next game, our second game we're going to be looking at here is going to be a Big Ten Purdue against uh, the number 12-ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish. Um, This game is going to be something I will pay attention to throughout the day. Um, I expect it to be very close based on the outcomes uh, that Notre Dame has started the season on and Purdue has started the season on. Um, Purdue's a good football team. I know they're in the lower tier of the Big Ten, um, but they're a good football team, and, and I expect them to put up a fight, especially in South Bend. Uh, if the quarterback play is, is any good from Jack Cone, um, then uh, this, this game should be more than two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I definitely uh, was really surprised of how Notre Dame has struggled in their first two games. The first one being against Florida State, uh, winning that one on a game-winning field against overtime, and you shift the calendar to week number two, and they face Toledo at home, and you know they have to go on a game-winning drive in the final seconds of the game to to win against Toledo. I definitely think that Purdue is going to give Notre Dame some fits. Uh, Notre Dame's offense is kind of been inconsistent. I know they scored 40 points in their first game, 30 points in their second one. I definitely think this is probably going to be a low-scoring game. Both of these offenses still trying to kick it into gear, uh, but I definitely think uh, with it being at home, uh, I think even though that Purdue has the offense to really contend with Notre Dame in this one, I got to go Notre Dame, uh, let's say 28, Purdue 21.
2: Yeah. Um. As far as <laughs> the last game goes I didn't even pick. A score. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> um Nebraska Oklahoma uh this game I expect it to be 31-7 um at the yeah. end of this game. That's uh for Purdue Notre Dame um I expect it to be a little bit closer um and I think it's going to be right around the 31-27 mark. Um with this one. So uh, I think it's it could be a game that it could come down to the last possession.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And we'll go on to the next game of the weekend, which is a top 25 matchup going out west. Number 19, Arizona State, at number 23, BYU. And Arizona State's a team that I really have not paid much attention to. I watched uh, the BYU versus Utah game, I was, was really impressed with what BYU did against the top 25 opponent. And their I, can't, rival.
2: I can't stay up that late to watch that game. That's past no. my bedtime. <laughs> the BYU you're game not, last week. you not the only one. But, <laughs> the, the BYU, every BYU game is past my bedtime. <laughs> well, this one's
1: going to be past your bedtime, too, <laughs> as this one's a 9 o'clock kickoff, uh, our time, probably 7 o'clock kickoff on the West Coast. But, yeah, just going back to the, what I saw, uh, BYU, you know, really controlled that game, the entirety of that game against Utah. Uh, like I said, Arizona State, you know, I definitely think they have all the offense. They have a lot of returners, even their quarterback have a good co- good head coach uh, as well from Edwards. So I definitely think this is going to be a battle between these two teams. Uh, it's really a coin flip in this. So I'm really torn whether I want to go with the Sun Devils, Arizona State or BYU. But I think that BYU is going to continue their momentum against uh, uh, Arizona State here. But I think this is going to be a high-scoring shootout. There's just a, a lot of uh, weapons on both sides of the offense. Even though that Zach Wilson has left BRU. I was really impressed uh, with the quarterback play there. I'm going to go uh, BYU thirty-five, Arizona State thirty-one.
2: Okay, um, yeah, I agree. This is going to be a little high-scoring game. Um, you know, Jaron Hall. That you, you know, you touched on uh, a quarterback play, but I, I think that Jaron Hall definitely, you know, a young quarterback um for BYU definitely has uh the guidance you can tell that he's been guided by somebody like Zach Wilson um you know that that still tries to be involved with that program and it's good to see that uh but but BYU is an explosive offense definitely at home um a team that is tough to play at at home and and that fan environment is something else uh, for for a for a smaller school like that um but i don't think arizona state can come into in b y u and win that game i just think that it, they're they're too strong at home um arizona state i think still trying to find themselves even though they start the season 2 and 0 um it's going to be a game that is up in the 40s i think um so i i'm going to go this game 48 hmm. 35 um i think it's going to be a
1: high scoring affair that's a lot of points in that one, that's for sure. A lot of points. It's going back and forth on that one, man. Um, take the and, over. Uh, that's what we're saying. Say what? Take the over if you're uh, betting on this one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. If you're
2: going to place a bet, please, please take the over. Anytime BYU is playing. Um, moving on to an SEC bout uh, between two strong teams. Uh, we're going to have ranked one Alabama on the road visiting uh, number thirteen, Florida in the swamp in Gainesville. Um, I want to say this game will be close, but I'm gonna say it's not gonna be close. I, I, I think Florida's still trying to figure out who their quarterback is right now. Um, and I think they're too caught up in that. I, I think Dan Mullen's trying to get past it, but it's it's so far. It's so far outside of the realm of football that that I don't think they can compete against Alabama. Um, Alabama is too good of a football team to to, to lose a game to Florida like you know, it, at this stage. Um, and if Alabama does lose this game, uh, be on the lookout for Alabama to not make the playoff. This would be the first time in a while that Alabama did, would not make the playoff. Um, If they lose this football game. So uh, I do think this is a playoff uh, matchup. This this could determine an SEC spot in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say if this is going to be a defensive battle or offensive battle. You know, Florida, I definitely think if they go Richardson in this game, I think that Florida has... A definitely better chance, uh, but I definitely think that Dan Mullers is just going to trust his guy, Emory Jones, but Emory Jones, I just haven't really liked his performance in the first two weeks of the game against lesser opponents of South Florida, and then Florida Atlantic, uh, they really struggled in that first game against Florida Atlantic, and then really turned it up uh, in uh, the week two victory against South Florida, I think the defenses are pretty even between the Gators and the Crimson Tide, but with with, you know there's a lot of weapons uh, on the Alabama uh so i think Bryce Young's going to have uh some struggles early you know that's his first uh road game uh as a freshman i mean the swamp is not an easy place to play in the sec so i think that in the first quarter you might see some jitters uh from him just because the the swamp is probably going to be packed it's going to be a sold out crowd so there might be a couple of, you know, a couple of drives where he, he struggles early. But I think that Bryce Young, you, you know, will find his groove uh, in the game. I think this one's going to be close, I think, going into halftime. But in the end, Alabama's just going to pull away with just too much offense. I think it's going to start off uh, kind of like a like, 21-10 like probably going into the half. Uh, but in the end, I think Alabama will win this one 38-21.
2: Yeah, I uh... – I like that prediction, and I think I'm going to go along the same lines with you on my prediction. Um, but but I'm going to probably um, add another touchdown in there, so I'm, I'm going to go
1: 45-21 in this one. All right, and we go on to the final matchup, the game of the week for the college football coast-to-coast game of the week. College game day is going to be there. It's a out game, and the SEC opponents come to Happy Valley, number 22, Auburn. Goes on the road to face ten number 10, Penn State. Both of these teams undefeated. Auburn with victories against Alabama State and Akron. Penn State with victories against Wisconsin and Ball State. And uh, this is going to be the first time that Auburn gets tested. I think Penn State got tested on the road in their first game against Wisconsin. We're going to see how uh, Bo Nix in this offense really fares in a very hostile environment uh, in Happy Valley. I definitely think that Penn State has the edge in quarterback play here with Sean Clifford, uh, especially playing at home. If this was at Auburn, maybe this would have been a different case. I mean, Bo Nix uh, plays way better uh, whenever he's at home than on the road. So I think Bo Nix is just going to have a lot of fits with this Penn State defense. they got a very physical defensive front line. I think that uh, Auburn – I think the key for Auburn this one, you know, they got to be able to – we get that run game going with Tank Bigsby. I mean, if Bigsby gets shut down, uh, that means that Bo Nix is going to have to win the game. I just don't know if I have the confidence in Bo Nix to do that. But I definitely think this is going to be a low-scoring battle. This These two defenses are very stingy. But I think in the end, uh, Penn State uh, hardly loses whenever it's a wideout. So I got to go with the Nittany, the Nittany Lions in this one. I definitely think this is going to be a very close nail-binding game coming down to the wire. I think Penn State gets it done. I think it's going to be 28 uh, to 21. Penn State gets the victory.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go along the same lines with you here. Um, it, Bo Nix just hasn't proved himself on the road. It's right. just, it's a fact. And, uh, you know, five touchdowns to start the season, and 29 for 39, uh, 383 yards it isn't a bad start to the season, but you're playing against two cupcake teams um, to start the season. Uh, I hate to break it to them, but it. it I think this is a lot farther out. Um, this Auburn team is getting better, um, but, but I think that uh, this is where they get stopped in the tracks. Um, this Penn State defense is too strong, too too experienced, um, and I I don't think that they uh, they put up more than two touchdowns in this game. To be honest with you, um, this is a a game a Penn State wideout game that, that'll that really set the tone, I think, for the next couple of years. First time against an SEC opponent. So uh, I, I think they'll be fired up and ready to go there because um, they're used to seeing Ohio State and Michigan. So uh, to find an SEC opponent for their first time up there in Happy Valley, uh, it, it could get very interesting uh, for that Auburn offense. Um, and, and I think on defense, Auburn's a little young. Um, But they have the talent. I mean, it all comes down to talent at the end of the day. It's all instinct. Um, So, I I think this game is going to be lower scoring. Um, Strong, both strong teams. I know that they both put big numbers of passing yards up there. But uh, Penn State coming off one against Ball State, where they put up so much offense that it's hard to even scale it. Um, And and the same thing goes for Auburn with a sixty-two to nothing win. So. Um, I predict this game is going to be twenty-eight fourteen. Um, I think this is a two-touchdown game. Um, I know right now the the line is at six points. Um, but I I think it's way more than that. Um, I they don't take into the account the environment. Um, in this one, and I've personally been in that environment at Penn State for a whiteout game, and that is something that I don't think any Road team wants to witness.
1: Oh, I want to witness it,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I just think it, it's it's brutal. And, and I go back to videos of just watching Michigan try to get a snap off to start the game in a wideout game, and That's they have why to call watch the
1: sky cam this weekend. And, 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 that moment,
2: <laughs> and and they can't even get the ball off because they can't hear the snap count. I have to call nope. a timeout before the clock even starts. So uh, yeah, Auburn knew new coaching staff uh, look good on offense, but defense is going to struggle. And yeah, uh, yeah. so that's going to be the end of the show. Um, I know wasn't as long of a show tonight, um, but uh, we have linked our, our podcast social media here. Um, if you guys want to go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, also our and now on Twitch And now on Twitch with our first broadcast tonight uh, Kind of gave it a test run tonight Had a little bit of audio problems there um, But I think we straightened it all out um, So uh, That's going to kind of be the end of the show And we're going to kind of go same thing next week uh, And we'll run through our uh, Results From this upcoming weekend And hopefully they're they're a little bit better Than last week for
1: me <laughs> Hopefully that yeah, we both get uh, on the same page this week. Uh, a little bit easier uh, matchups, I would say. Uh, but I think I'd, I think the make or break gains for us are probably going to be uh, Auburn, Penn State, and uh, that Arizona State and BYU game.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'll be watching those games, tuning into those. Uh, a little earlier this week with this episode, so we're going to kind of stay on the same path with this, um, or try to at least... Um, If you guys want to stay in touch with us, uh, best thing to do is uh, get us on Twitter or uh, Instagram. So um, thank you guys for joining us uh, and have a good rest of your day, evening, morning, um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks.